0: On today's episode of Octal FM, we talk about life sim games and basically end up gushing about Stardew Valley.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada And I'm Seffron. And today we're also joined by Antonia. Hello. Uh, Antonia's joining us because she is a little bit of an aficionado of this game uh, that we're talking about today. And that game is Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley is a independent PC life sim, and we will come on to what they are. And it was actually one of the highest revenue-generating games on Steam last year in in 2016 is that right Seth?
2: Yeah that's right I think it came in in like its gold category of, uh, of selling yeah uh, which is incredibly impressive for a game that was developed by a single man it's about as indie as it can realistically come uh, which is it's amazing considering the budget for it was very very, very low.
1: Yeah and it only really came behind things like Grand Theft Auto and you know those kinds of games. <laughs> yeah, the big AAA titles. I think I think it was without checking the figures.
2: I think it was the best-selling non-AAA title mm, mm. Uh, on PC, of course.
1: Yeah, so it's a life sim or life simulator. So what what would you say a life sim is? What would you say a life sim is?
0: Well, it's it's a game where you perform everyday tasks something that might just seem quite mundane in real life like fishing or doing the cooking and it's just making that into a game and putting all these things together and there's not actually a clearly defined reason for doing any of it it's just for fun um so you've got like other than obviously stardew valley you've got animal crossing which is a very popular one and one i'm really quite into (laughs) (laughs) i haven't played it for a while but there we go um the sims which is huge obviously what are we on sims 4 with multiple expansions and then ones i'm not really not really into like the the sort of like flight simulator and things like that i mean what other examples are there
1: There's like Euro Truck Simulator. What is it about Euro Truck Simulator? Why do people like that? I don't know, but that that sells really well. It's like £40 for this game.
2: I've played it. It's not very good. (laughs) Why do people... Have you played it? I haven't played it. Yeah, yeah, I've played it. I I I, I gave it a proper chance. I sat down, I gave it a go, and it ain't the life sim for me, let me tell you. (laughs) I would much rather be in the field picking my radishes and trying to drive a seven and a half tonner from reading to bristol
1: it just it's so weird but i mean you know whatever floats your boat there are also more i mean stardew valley is kind of a farming simulator at its core but it's not a farming simulator like farming Farming simulator simulator 2017
0: yeah Yeah. no (laughs) you're not driving your tractor it's not well i'm sure there's something like that isn't there? tractor simulator no
1: there is farming simulator oh Oh yeah. It literally is Farming Simulator 2017. <laughs> oh,
0: um I, I don't think that wins the weirdest one award, though personally, there's Goat Simulator. I feel like we need to mention Goat, goat Simulator. Goat Simulator, yeah. Is there's that there's really also a... A Toast Simulator. To- oh, okay. No, nope, maybe that one wins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you simulate being a piece of toast trying to stay edible. <laughs> That's really random. They aren't necessarily life sims in the strictest sense, but no. the idea of a life sim being that like like Tony said, it's a it's a task a regular everyday task that you kind of like transformed into a gaming system usually some kind of like quite fast quick-paced reward system based into it as well which yeah. has like long-term reward goals as well uh which leads us into like why life stream games are so compelling and that yeah. the main one is like you've said uh, is the the reward loop
1: yeah like there are a lot of games that have that loop process and in fact that's actually a fundamental part of video game design but live simulators really kind of distill that down in that they have that clearly defined loop of a day in in particular things like farming simulators um, but something where you're doing repetitive tasks over and over and they give you some kind of reward or feedback in a very well
2: they give they give you uh, that feedback straight away so for example stardew valley being the game that we're going to talk about today does that in the sense that every single day you're paid for the crops that you you've harvested and things you've sold, but you also get the benefit of, say, seeing the continuation of a social um, friendship you've made with one of the, say, the townsfolk or something. You don't have to wait until like a month's time to get a payoff. It's every single day, and the days are only like like six seven minutes long, so you're always feeling that short burst of reward. And you're like, yeah, I just want to do the next day to see what else I can get now.
0: Yeah, I I sort of think compared to Animal Crossing, which is in real time, you have real days alongside actual days in real life but with Stardew Valley they're quite short like you said seven minutes long and I see that that scream where you get paid and think oh I'll play another day
2: just yes. one more
0: day that'll be fine and then I mean, it's about four hours later
2: maybe <laughs> <laughs> that that definitely plays into one of the things you want the notes here is like turn-based strategy games like civ for example just one more turn yeah exactly. just to see what next you're gonna get because you, you're aiming towards something aren't you you're kind of aiming towards that new barn or that you know next level of like tool or something and you're like oh i want to get it one more day i'll have it yeah um, yeah and you're never quite satisfied you always want that little bit more
0: you want that upgraded chicken coop. <laughs> exactly. I want that duck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and also um, massively multiplayer online games as well have that same kind of loop to some extent when you level up. But in MMOs, it gets longer. Everything gets a bit slower and gets a bit more intense. Whereas in live simulators like Stardew Valley, it kind of stays the same. It's always that sort of that loop over and over.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say you're right there with the day and the length of the day but then I would also say as you unlock in a way more features of the game and your plans become more intricate then those plans unfold over many days in the game rather than the short time frame to maybe buy some new seeds and think oh I'm going to plant, plant some potatoes instead or something yeah, that's whereas true. you're saving up for say like I said the, the upgraded chicken <laughs> <laughs> that might yeah. take quite a while to get all the wood together
2: but And you need to make sure that if you want to go for that, that you're prioritizing that because you haven't got the resources to do absolutely everything in the game. So you're thinking, right, I want to go down that route. So you start gearing everything you do towards that route. And every single day, you're a little bit closer, so you get that little reward. So those loops are very important. Mm. That kind uh, leads quite nicely on from one of the things Tony said as well, is that you unlock things. Uh, and that's kind of like a a good example of an unfolding game so you start out and although much of the game is already available to you and that's actually one of the points we discuss later on is the fact that there's so much open to to your choice it's almost overwhelming uh, the game unlocks more things or it allows you to do more things because it gives you more time to do things so the game is quite a short day period i think it's i think it's seven a minutes. it might be a little longer something like that And it's just you don't have enough physical time in the the game day to do everything. You have to prioritise. But then as you level up and you get access to more equipment or, like, stronger, you know, you become stronger so you have more energy in your character so you can do more things before you have to go to sleep you have more time to do things. So you can get your crops watered, say, within an hour rather than it taking you half the day. Mm -hmm. And then you can spend that time talking to the villagers or going down into the mine. And that's the game unfolding itself to you. So it's not saying you've got to do the one task you want to do and that's all you have access to right now. It lets you master that task, get hang of it, really learn it and kind of get it part of you Yeah. before it says, here's another thing you can start mastering. Mm. So
1: it feels like a nice, comfortable growth and a nice, comfortable unfolding of the game. And it's an interesting point because although there are all of these things to do, at the same time, they still tend to feel quite laid back because live simulators don't tend to have a defined ending. They may have some structure and some storyline that eventually finishes or uh, comes to some kind of conclusion, but you tend to still be able to play them. You tend to be able to just do that. Even the storyline sometimes will just take as long as you want it to take. Yeah. And so although it's nice to be efficient and you can optimise things, but they don't kind of, you don't have to do that. You can kind of take, take yeah. it however you want.
0: You're not punished for playing it at a more relaxed pace. Yeah. I mean, some people don't have much time to play games as much, so you might sort of lose your, your flow and that's fine with a game like Stardew Valley, whereas you might be a bit more into it and want to do everything perfectly and optimise the way you play.
2: I mean, games like Animal Crossing are a perfect example of that more relaxed gameplay because you can't really go hardcore on it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. because a lot of it is almost time basis where you have to wait for like certain events to come up, don't you? Like certain days to to occur, yeah. Um, like uh, like the the, the turnit market, isn't it? Like that's that you got to wait oh, throughout yeah. the week to be able to do that.
1: Mm. You can't just do that in all one day. You know, you you don't get that immediate payoff. So, yeah, definitely. What do you think makes Stardew Valley? particularly good as an example of a life simulator you know we've talked about things like harvest moon and animal crossing but stardew valley it's a very recent example but also is a brings a lot to the table um, for life sims right one of the things for me is the fact that it had one guy developing
2: the whole game it was his vision he made what he wanted to make it's clearly had a very strong influence from the harvest moon games that's that's almost completely obvious But unlike the Harvest Moon games of more recent time, which have become quite cluttered and have, like, a lot of, like, mixed stuff in them. Mm -hmm. And you can tell there's quite a lot of, like, back and forth within the studios themselves. He knows what he wants to make. He knows how he wants it to be. And he's just done it. So everything down to the characterization of the villagers, to the music, to the graphics, because the the graphics are quite pixelated. They're kind of in that, like, 16-bit-esque style. But they look phenomenal. They, they're gorgeous. They're so colourful. And all of those things won't necessarily have happened had he had a giant PR team trying to push all these different features. Mm. Um, like, for example, a game we've discussed in previous episodes like No Man's Sky, where it's just a hype machine getting away from itself But because he can do what he wants. And if he wants to add more features, he's not under any time constraints. He just does what he wants to do. And th- I think that's made this game as amazingly relevant as it is to the life sim genre because it's someone's idea of what it should be and they had a really good idea
0: yeah I can imagine not that I've sort of worked in a game studio but I can imagine with Harvest Moon it's so big now that you have different ideas coming in and some some part of the company wants this feature in and then it gets put in and it's not quite as fleshed out but with this game it's he puts in what he wants to put in and he follows through on the features he does put in and they're actually well developed and compelling.
1: Yeah I think that he did manage to combine so many different types, so many different features and so many different components of different life sims um, and he kind of put them all into one game right like you've got as we've talked about um, games like Harvest Moon that have farming but then you also have games like Room Factory where you've got some dungeoning aspects and some sort of RPG elements. And then you've also got loads of collectibles and things like that, which is very Animal Crossing-esque, like that's full of collectibles.
0: Yeah. What what I quite like about this in comparison to Harvest Moon is you're not just doing up your, is it your grandpa or your granddad? Yeah. Yeah. You're not just just revitalizing that. There's this undertone of this corporation, the, the Joja corporation, and... it it sort of is more in line with today's world in my my opinion more of a modern take on it you're you're working on your farm and you can choose to shop at this place over the over Pierre's little shop and it's it sort of makes you think a little bit more and I think you start off working in an office and then go and go to this farm I just it's not that overarching it's just sort of in the background but I do I still quite like it I think it's quite good
2: I think it's an interesting decision to have that sort of background narrative because it isn't even the core narrative right the core narrative is the fact that you've left your job to go and work on your granddad's farm when he left you when he when he passed away yeah but this is kind of through this affects all of the the villages as well so everyone's like has a stance on whether or not the jojo corporation's a good thing or a bad thing and how you're going to react to that and your actions in the game have an influence on that too because if you buy too much from one place or not the other then the other shop goes out of business or, or you know they grow and things like that and that's not necessary to the life sim game, but it adds so much more character and kind of it makes it feel alive.
1: Yeah, and one of the other things that I think really makes Stargy Valley feel alive is just the sheer number of villages and characters in the mm. game and the fact that they all have things that you can learn about, they all have little cutscenes you know and stories and things that they're doing that you get to keep track of. And actually, without writing stuff down yourself, and you know about the different characters it can actually be really difficult to work out where they go and what they do because they're all doing so much they're all going to different places at different times or they all have particular people they speak to and things you can witness about them and that kind of thing
2: if you looked at this as a game it's actually quite poorly designed in a way yeah. because it doesn't let you track those things. It can't. It doesn't allow you to accomplish the goals that the game is kind of setting you of mastering your social interaction with these villagers, which is part of the kind of growth of your character and understanding more of the story within the the you know the Stardew Valley area that you live in. But when you look at it from a life sim perspective, like that's supposed to sort of mirror real life in the first place, it grows and encourages you to learn about these people and you couldn't go into this brand new place you know you couldn't move and go to a completely different part of the country and instantly be able to know everyone's schedule just because you've talked to them once you know you would have to learn a select few people and you would get they will become your close friends and you might know the other villagers but you wouldn't know when you know the the shopkeeper was going to be you know going to church for the morning necessarily you might only go on wednesdays you don't know (laughs) you know yeah that's the point like everyone has their own schedule and why would you necessarily know that schedule without becoming really good friends with them? But the game rewards you for that as well because you learn more about these people, you progress more along in their storylines or their backstory and their history. Uh, and there's even quite... One of the things we've not mentioned in our notes, interestingly enough, I've just noticed, is we didn't mention the relationship system, which is very deep. Uh, mm. There's a lot of choices there as well. There's not just like one male, one female choice sort of thing. There's like five or six gender of per gender, you know, and that has a lot of meaningful choices as well to it. So... It really does make it feel like this lived-in world.
0: Also, something I think is quite good going back to the options you have for the bachelors and bachelorettes or whatever they call them is you can have a same-sex relationship. So any of the bachelors, if, you're, if you've are if you chosen to play as a man, you can marry one of them as well. It, it doesn't matter, really, which is great and probably a bit of a, an annoyance in the original Harvest Moon games for anyone who is not straight. So it's, it's just quite... Just quite impressed that they've done that.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's another example of it's one developer. It's like he wants to put same sex relationships in, and it's like it's just there. You know, no fanfare. It's not a thing. You know, it's not a special thing because it's an indie game, and he just he just can. Yeah, that
2: he's not being mandated by some massive publisher who wants to remain right winged politically correct. Yeah, to not have same sex in there. Like, it doesn't necessarily change the flow of the game at all. Like the the relationships the same, but the fact that it's a choice you can make is nice to have. Yeah, definitely. But that leads on to another thing about the game, which kind of I was saying about like having all these people to meet, is that it would be considered—it's a very overwhelming beginning, right? Mm. Because when you first arrive in the game, you, you kind of just plonk down on your farm and you go off, you go, and you've got to learn a lot of it yourself. And again, that would almost be considered bad game design, right? Because you need to be taught how to play the game, but in a in a subtle way, like you know, you don't want a, ne- a tutorial hit over your head to be able to say this is how you. You know, use your your tool, your trowel to make this the soil tilled, and this is how you plant a seed. But at the same time, it doesn't do anything to show you. You kind of just have to learn. But that mirrors life, right? Because again, if you were just thrown into this brand new like circumstance you wouldn't necessarily know how to do that if you decide to be up and be a farmer, like none of us are farmers by trade. Um, <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have a clue. So it would be overwhelming. Yeah. But that's part of the charm of the game. And I'd almost say, and encourage people that haven't played this game and maybe, you know, listening to this would be interested to do. don't look at wikis. Try and stay away from those wikis if possible. Yeah. Learn yourself and you will be so much more, you'll have a much greater sense of
1: reward when you've discovered something on your own. Yeah, definitely. I think... The other thing that that sort of harks back to as well is more retro games in some ways, in that there aren't things that just guide you every step of the way. You know, you can make mistakes, you can completely miss things. Uh, you're not, your hand isn't held the entire way through.
2: There's not a set order on how to do things either.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's quite a refreshing, you know, change from from a lot of games, um, including recent Harvest Moons and Rune Factory and things like that.
2: Yeah, which do force you down a fairly linear path. Mm. And that coincides with one of the points we mentioned earlier, the fact that there's a lot of the the, of the different features of life sim games kind of like very
1: nicely meshed into this one game. Yeah, exactly. I guess the other thing that makes Stardew Valley interesting, it kind of touches on what we've talked about with the all the different villages and stuff like that. But there's no real central sort of storyline about what's going on here. There are some themes, but... In general, it's more about kind of little stories, you know, different bits and pieces between the villagers, And they all have kind of woven lives and bits and pieces going on. You kind of just get to make your own story um, and you can just interact with the people that you're interested in interacting with.
2: Definitely. One of the things that for me is I kind of got quite interested and connected to the carpenter in the town, Robin. I really enjoyed her character because I I talked to her quite often when I was doing all my farm upgrades and buying things I needed. And then every time you talk to her, you know, you're slightly increasing your kind of social gauge with it, which is quite a gamey thing, obviously. But you learn more about her, so you become more attached to her. So even though there could be a character in town that I know of, could have an amazingly interesting central narrative to their character, I don't know about it, but I'm still very engrossed and attached to this particular character.
0: Yeah, and I think that kind of feeds back into the realisticness or the realism of the game. Is in In real life, you wouldn't, sort of think, Oh, that person's really interesting, I'm gonna be friends with them because they have a good storyline. That's that's a bit I don't know, it's it's not very realistic. Whereas you felt drawn to this character in this game and then you you sort of become friends with them in the game and find out their story. And I I think that's what's quite nice about it. There's no sort of boundaries or yeah, expectations boundaries. of how to play a game. It's it's quite free.
2: Yeah. And rewarding as well. Mm. You know, you are rewarded for making those small choices rather than kind of having you wrist slap because you didn't stick to the central narrative of the game.
0: Yeah. And again, that's realistic because your life, there's no central lar- narrative to that. There's just a central narrative in your own life. So it's what you make it. So for there Absolutely. not to be an actual story as such in the game and just stories within the characters, that's what it's all about, really, in my opinion
2: definitely. And that doesn't even detract from the the gameplay itself, which is obviously a very big part of why you play the game. They they do seem to intertwine very nicely together.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, with that said, what's, you know, on the topic of gameplay and how the game works and the mechanics and stuff like that, what would you say is your least favorite thing about Stardew Valley? You know, we've kind of we've kind of raved about it about what you know why why we think it's amazing and why the design choices are really good, but there are definitely some you know bits about it that are less than perfect
2: well for me it's not this, and this isn't necessarily linked into just Ardu. this is a, most life sims is there can be an issue with certain collectibles within the game uh and certain kind of achievements that you want to unlock which is could get more of a gamey side of it they're very verbose and they're very cumbersome and i guess that's intentional to make it feel like you're exploring and, and like discovering things yourself within this like life sim but to find certain things is incredibly difficult to work out like for example when i was doing my playthrough i wanted to catch a certain fish but to catch it you can only catch it on like a rainy day in spring between the time of like 7 a.m and 10 a.m <laughs> yeah. how am i supposed to figure that out with that excessive trial and error i guess you could argue well, you talk to other people and like they would tell you what they've experienced but then you've kind of just undone the whole point of discovering it yourself, and you might as well at that point just go and look in a wiki, right? So maybe there would be like a, a way to put that into the game, or like you could maybe research certain fish in the library, and you could discover those things yourself, or like you, you know maybe it was just you could list things. So when you've gone fishing, it tells you what fish you have and haven't seen in certain times of the day. Just those those things that maybe needs to add slightly more gamier elements to it to make it more enjoyable. And another part for me as well is the game really has changed a lot as well since i played it because there has been some big patches but there is a lack of end game content as well by that I mean once you've kind of sorted out your farm, it's become fairly automated. You're getting more money than you're realistically ever going to need to spend on pretty much anything. There's not a lot left to do except just change your farm around and say, I'm going to do orcharding this time, you know, and mm. make lots of wine, or I'm going to go for all animal side of things.
0: Uh
2: and I guess that's to be expected. I, mean, I put something like a hundred plus hours into the game, which is more than enough, you know, money's worth, <laughs> hours worth of more money. But it still it feels like maybe there isn't like a way of say doing a new game plus mode or Mm. maybe like you could have a child who inherits that farm and then like things maybe run down again you have to almost start from scratch but with certain bonuses or something like that maybe
0: you do that in Rune Factory that I can't remember I think it's maybe all of them but um, you have your child and they grow up and then you end up playing as that child which is quite nice
1: yeah I agree I think for me the thing for me, and it kind of leads on to what you were saying about, you know, looking things up in a wiki and stuff like that, is that it is quite easy to miss out on core stuff. And also, like, the mechanic around the way that you can unlock certain stuff in certain seasons, if you don't optimize your time and make sure that you sort of get everything and everything's timed right in the months that you're that you're doing it, then you can potentially have to wait a long time through the game yeah. before you get a chance again to unlock yeah that to, of thing the again four seasons kind of tick around we're yeah we're
0: talking about the bundles aren't we yeah
1: exactly it's kind of like a live sim is relaxing and it's meant to be sort of fairly laid back but at the same time to have those kind of time constrained things as well if you want to make sure that you get through everything and don't have to put you know hundreds more hours in to get round to that same point again that's my sort of I think my main criticism of Star Valley. yeah
0: I'd say my biggest tip on that regard is keep an eye out for what the what you need for the bundles and yeah. try and do them if you <laughs> yeah. do if you do mind missing out i mean if you're playing it really casually you're not going to really mind no you? no
1: but there are certain things that you unlock like areas you unlock and stuff like that aren't yeah, there there completing are. those mm-hmm. bundles which are fairly core, cool, like you mentioned yeah exactly and you to miss out on those for an entire year would be kind of irritating what about you
0: um well really i mean this This could be a bit of a Marmite situation here because I'm going on about how realistic it is, but then (laughs) I find the inventory management really annoying because although it's realistic, you don't have a bottomless bag. It's also a bit unnecessary, in my opinion. You have to sort of think about where you place your chests. For example, I had one outside my mine, but I still sometimes forgot to put my tools that I needed in the mine, or whatever, and then then I'd get overloaded anyway and put something I needed in the mine one and then forgot to get it out and that was just annoying and and not actually fun
2: I think that's quite a common thing people are saying about the game because there's a lot of mods out there because the game is easily moddable as well because it's such a like I say an open-ended indie game the, the guy who created it's just like yeah mod away please do a lot of people have made it so like all your chests are interconnected so mm. if you put, say, an item in a chest near your mine, it'll automatically put that item wherever there's already other items in other chests, wherever they are in the game world.
0: Yeah, that would be perfect for me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Which is a really cool, but
2: that shouldn't really be a mod. No. Like, either that should really be built in, or maybe just kind of, like, change the game around in such a way that that's not needed. Yeah. But, uh, like you say, that is probably pretty Marmite. Maybe some people don't mind that busy work. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, with all that said, it sounds like we're a bit of a down on the game. But, I mean, it is it is a really awesome game. So, I mean, what would you say is the best bits about the game?
0: Well, I really like how everything feeds into each other. So there's quite a complex crafting system going on. So you you, you can just sell your crops or you can make them into dishes in the kitchen, which you then replenish your energy with when you're in the mines finding ore and things to put in your museum and I could go on obviously but I just think that's really really fun and and again adds to the realism and I just I, I really enjoy that and I really quite like the fishing I, I don't know what it is about fishing in games but it's really fun
2: <laughs> one of the things that's interesting is like you say is that you can turn your basic crops into other products. If unless you're reading a wiki, you don't necessarily know to do that, or necessarily know what's going to happen when you do that. And that's another example of the game rewarding you for being exploratory about all your options, yeah. mm. and kind of experimenting with things. Like, you unlock a new recipe to build, say, the preserving vats, or whatever they're called. And you're like, oh, what does this do? I'll try putting something in it, and you do. And then, like, two days later, you get yourself, like, the jam or the preserves or whatever, and then you realise they sell for more. And then you've discovered that. So you could have gone on a wiki and found out, but You didn't. You discovered it and you feel accomplished for doing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think leading on from that sort of, you know, there's all the exploring that you can do. And there's just so much in general that you can do in Stardew Valley. Mm. Like there's more to do in Stardew Valley than you can fit into the day loop. You know, you're just you're never, ever short of things to do. The day never starts and you're like, oh, well, there's there's not really anything actually I can I can do today. In the game, you know, it, there's always something that you can do. There's always things you want to do or s- places you can go, or people you can talk to or whatever. And, you know, I think that's really great in a life sim. You know, it's a bad sign for a life sim game if something happens in the game, which means that you just kind of want to go back to bed when you wake up in the game and you're just like, well, actually, I kind of just want time to pass so that this thing can happen. Yeah, the old Harvest Moon games were bad for that, definitely. Yeah. Like, if it rains in Har- in Harvest Moon, in some of the early Harvest Moon games, you'd just be like, eh. Well, I've got no crops to water, so I might, might as well just bed. go back to bed. Skip. <laughs> Skip another day. No, you are definitely right. And
2: it's one of those really interesting things where in Stardew Valley, if it rains, for example, which does take like, you know, a few hours of your time away in the morning that you have to spend water on your crops, you're like, oh, I have free time. What the hell do I do? <laughs> yeah. There's so much to do with this yeah. little bit of free time I have for once. And that plays into one of the things I really like about the game is that you do have all that choice. And there's no right way of doing it either. So and the more recent patch, for example, that I haven't played added the ability to do this from the very get-go, which is you can choose how you want to start the game. So you can be a farmer, mm. or you can prioritize fishing or prioritize mining. And you, your farm starts with either, say, you know, a river running through it, so you can do fishing immediately rather than to run all the way to the river. Or you start on a hill, which means you automatically have access to the mine straight away without having to worry, you know, mess about running to the mine. And so you can start... Playing how you want to play, and there isn't this like you must you must be a farmer and you must make this crop because this crop is the best value crop to make mm. the most amount of money. You can you can min-max, and don't get me wrong, I've min-max in my day, and it's kind of sometimes still tempting to do, but you don't need to, and you can really enjoy this game and all of its huge amounts of features however you want to do
1: it. Yeah. And that's a prime example going all the way back to what we were talking about, about there being one developer and having a clear vision. That is a clear an example of him accentuating that further by saying, you know, this is about you doing what you want to do and choosing to play it how you want to by optimizing it even further to reward that, so to speak.
2: Which is almost a subtle nod to the whole narrative of the game where you've escaped the corporate overlords who dictate what you do all the time into a life of freedom <laughs> <laughs> how very deep <laughs> i know right stardew valley deepest game <laughs> but i mean for the most part I, I think a lot of these elements are present in other life sim games i just personally think that stardew valley is one of those great examples it's an it's a new yardstick for me in life sim games obviously it can't represent all of them for example stardew valley and say farming simulator 2017 are are very very different games but they have kind of similar elements to them that whole what am i going to do next day what am i going to unlock how am i going to progress to the next thing i I want to do um, in the game and stardew just does everything so well that it's gonna be that next level yardstick and we've, throughout the episode, compared it to Harvest Moon. But I think similar games in future that are going to do something quite similar to Stardew Valley, we're going to compare it to it rather than, say, Harvest Moon in future.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I agree. But uh, maybe you don't agree, uh, Octal FM listener. <laughs> and maybe you think that Stardew Valley was not great at all. Maybe you didn't like the art style or maybe you wanted a central narrative in your life simulator or maybe actually you are playing Euro Truck Simulator right now and you're listening to podcasts because that's kind of what you do when you play Euro Truck Simulator and you think that it's, you know, it's the best uh, and it's way better than Stardew Valley. And if so, then you should totally let us know.
0: Yeah, you're you're a bit salty because we were sort of laughing at it. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't get me wrong.
2: I'm not ragging on these games at all. (laughs) I I just really love this Stardew Valley game. Uh, I've tried to remain objective throughout the majority of this discussion, but it's kind of hard
1: so charming as well right it's such a charming game yeah it is it is very much so
0: we have just been gushing about this the whole episode (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) no we
1: had a bit where we talked about how we didn't I
0: had to scrape the barrel for mine (laughs) 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 Mm, the inventory no one likes inventory journalism at its (laughs) finest yeah exactly exactly
1: Um, but yeah maybe you know let us know you can send us an email uh, show at octal.fm you can also tweet us and we're at octal.fm and you can also go and listen to other episodes of Octal FM by visiting our website, which is octal.fm.
2: Well, thank you, Tony, for joining us on our discussion on Starju Valley.
1: Yes, thank you. And I've been Gelada. I've been Seferin. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM soon. Bye. I'm going to go and tend my turnips. Don't play with the mi- don't play with the wires because it transfers all the way up into the microphone. You
0: yeah, put the wires are in the way. Well, you
1: just have to ignore them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. One of the other things I think as well that really makes Stargy Valley feel alive is the sheer number of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tony just gave me. <laughs> you probably. Saw. I know. I can see. Don't forget. <laughs> just gave me a completely a spoiling thumbs up of like good segue there yeah it was good no, and,
2: and it's a shame she's ruined it she <laughs> should so feel ashamed sorry. because it was a
1: really it. good segue <laughs> it was so good you can there really wasn't it. even
2: and we're now going to talk about interesting design choices yeah because one of the things that makes Stardew Valley really feel like is it's villagers yeah. right <laughs> so good okay right
0: I'm new to this <laughs>
1: Yeah, and one of the other things that really makes Stargate. I, <laughs> I can see this. Why this would cause more problems? Yeah, this is this is bad. This is bad. This can't happen again.
0: On today's episode of Octal FM, that's too fast. On today's episode of Octal FM, we talk about life sin games. No, I don't like that.